What is up, everybody? Welcome back to What We're Here For. This is episode 12, and this is Hannah, and I'm here by myself today. Um, Jordan is in Minnesota, and I am here in Michigan, and we are separated, sadly, but we will be reunited next week for the last few couple one I don't know, undetermined episodes of our series, What is a Christian? Um, But today I'm on for a solo episode and I am going to be talking about denying yourself, um, which we will get into in a minute. But first, I just want to address that it is 2024 and I'm so excited. I'm so stinking excited, you guys. This year is going to be so good because God is good and I just am sure that he is going to teach me many things and that I am going to grow and be challenged and be refined and learn things. So yeah, I'm just really excited. I love like, I not the month of January, I just love the first couple days of the new year because I'm always so excited and so eager, um, like looking forward to what God has in store for each year. And um, I would say like this year, my word of the year, I don't know if you guys do words of the year, Um, but I try to, I try to stick to like having one word of the year that I try to focus on a lot. And this year, my word is surrender. Um, if you guys have a word of the year, feel free to DM and explain why. Um, but yeah, my word of the year is surrender because I have been struggling a lot. I mean, I always have, but recently, especially I've been struggling a lot with self-control and patience. I just want things to go my way when I want, how I want. Um, Like, I just want situations to go exactly the way I plan it in my head. And I have a very hard time giving things up. And I have a very hard time letting things go. And I have a hard time putting things in the control of others. And obviously, being a Christian, we're called to let things go and give them to God because we aren't in control. It's not our job to control things. So my year or my word of the year for 2024 is going to be surrender because I want to really work on, um, asking God to teach me how to surrender and how to, in every situation, just learn to give everything to him and to give him the control and to give him, give him it all, you know? So yeah, that's my word. I don't know if you guys do a word of the year, but I highly encourage it and just be like, doing research in scripture on how like how God can teach you about your word like if your word is courage or if your word is confidence or if your word is patience or self-control or kindness or boldness I don't know whatever mine is surrender so yeah that's that I also thought about doing contentment for my word because I also am having a very hard time like being content with where I'm at um especially like seasons of waiting, you know, Um, because I'm very much in a season of waiting right now. But that's just a story for another time. My word is surrender. If you want your word to be contentment, go ahead and take it because that's a good one. I think everyone can work on being content with where they're at because we always want more. Anywho, that's a topic for another week. Um, It's literally been four minutes, three minutes, and I'm already straying from my topic. So without further ado, um, tonight well today whatever I'm recording kind of at night so yeah today's topic is denying yourself so I think this is the third episode of what is a Christian or the fourth um our little mini series that Jordan and I are doing 
um yeah we started it out together and then we recorded a couple solo episodes and then we're going to be coming back together next week but basically we are talking about the fundamentals and like the foundations of a christian like what does it mean to be a christian what does it mean to call yourself a christian what does it mean to be involved in what we call christianity like who is god why do we follow him all of that jazz so we've talked about fulfillment we have talked about the foundations of christianity and this week we are talking about or i am talking about denying yourself so first i want to go back to the word christian itself um to be a christian which we've talked about in the past is to be an imitator of christ like the word christian means christ i am like I am trying to be more like Christ. Um, And in order to be more like Christ, we have to know more about Christ. We have to know who Jesus is, who he was, um, who he still is, because Jesus is in heaven right now. Um, And the Bible tells us of his character. Like, in order to learn more about God, who he is, his, how he works, like, we'll never fully understand because God is, he just has parts of him that are just so hard to comprehend And us as humans, we don't have the ability to fully understand him just because he is so mighty and powerful. And, like, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around a lot of things about God. But what we can understand is what the Bible explains him to be. So, like, the Bible tells us how Jesus never sinned, um, how he was, like, God and man. Um, And the Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross, so he's selfless. Um... The Bible tells us that Jesus is powerful and he knows how to perform miracles and people can't perform miracles without the power of God. Um, we know that Jesus was gentle. He was good with children. He was, um, I already said selfless. He was patient. He was kind. He was perfect. He was nice. He was friendly. Um, he was talkative. He was unpredictable, but in a good way. Um, like Jesus was perfect. And we'll never be perfect while we live here on earth, but we can at least try. And to try to be perfect is to try to be like Jesus, while obviously still understanding that, like, we are still sinners. So thank you, God, for your grace, because without God's grace, we would be so lost. But anyways, so yeah, being a Christian is to be an imitator of Christ. And the Bible tells us who God is, and therefore by reading the Bible, we know what we should try to be more like. Um, and to be more like Christ because Christ never sinned, like God never, God is the opposite of sin. And we all know what sin is. Sin is doing the wrong thing. Um, to be more like Christ, we are less like sin, but obviously we were born as sinners, which means our nature is to sin. Every single human in this world, we all know this, like we're all sinners, We all want, like, even though we want to do the right thing, we do the wrong thing, like, nine out of ten times. And we have to, like, deliberately choose to do the right thing. And I'm sure you're all aware of this, that if we want, like, if we're going to do the right thing, it doesn't always come naturally. Like, we have to actually choose to, like, turn away from our desire to, like, do the wrong thing. Because sometimes doing the wrong thing sounds fun, and that's our sin nature. So, 
a big part of being a Christian then is denying that sin and trying to be more like Christ instead of trying to be more sinful. So I call this like self-denial. Um, and I say self-denial instead of sin denial because ourselves, like we are sinful inherently. We are all born as sinners. So to deny yourself, you're denying your sin, um, which is what we want to do as Christians. So um, there's this website called maninthemirror.org and it says, God teaches you self-denial by placing you in situations where you must deliberately choose between loving Jesus or loving yourself. So self-denial happens every single day. Every single time that you have the opportunity to sin, you are essentially having to choose, am I going to sin? Am I going to give in to this temptation? Or am I going to choose to turn away from it and try and be more like God, even though that is most of the time the harder choice? Um, And to be a Christian, we're called to be more like Christ. We're called to be more like Jesus and choose to love Jesus. And by loving Jesus, we're honoring him. And by honoring him, we're turning away from that sin. So there's a passage um, in the Bible that talks about this. Oh my gosh, I have to burp. I'm so sorry. That was so... (laughs) That was TMI. Very TMI. Um, Sorry. But I was just so scared that I was going to like burp into them. (laughs) Anyways, I'm just going to move on. So Matthew 16. Matthew 16 verses 24 and 25 talks about... This little passage here is called Take Up Your Cross and Follow Jesus. Um, so in these couple verses, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Um, and a disciple means a learner. So essentially, Jesus was talking to this group of guys um, who were learning from Jesus. Jesus was like their teacher. And he was teaching them all about um, Christianity and all about God and all about how to follow him and how to like gain eternity in heaven and like how to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing and all of that stuff. So his disciples are basically the people that he's teaching. Um, they're the learners. So these two verses talk about, um, denying yourself. And so this goes all the way back to biblical times, the idea of denying yourself. So I'm going to read these two verses. Um, it's Matthew 16 verses 24 and 25. It says, then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time just because, I don't know, it's a lot. Sorry, Um, actually, quick side note. I've been talking in a British accent a lot lately, so if I randomly break out into a British accent, I am deeply sorry And I hope you can bear with me through this troubling time. Anyways. (laughs) Okay. Verse 24 and 25 of Matthew 16. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay. So the first part of this verse says, um... Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me. So, like, I just want to put an emphasis real quick that it says anyone. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me. 
that means that anyone can choose to follow Jesus. Like, I just want to make that so clear that you don't have to be like a certain type of person to follow Jesus. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be like honest enough. You don't have to be like, you don't have to have a clean track record. Like you don't have to be a certain kind of person to follow Jesus. You can literally be anyone. Like I I can't stress that enough. Any single person who wants to follow Jesus has the opportunity to. And like Jesus wants everyone to follow him. He wants everyone in the world to follow him. I want that too. Like, yeah, I just wanted to point that out real quick that Jesus says, if anyone would come after me. So like anyone can choose this and I'm going to get into it in a couple minutes, but like, you're gonna, I hope you understand. I hope and pray you understand why we want everyone to choose this. So yeah, just wanted to preface with that. Um, so then it says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So you hear the words deny himself, which is what I've been talking about. So denying himself means deny yourself, um, deny the sin, like the temptation to sin. Um, by deny, when it says deny himself, it means deny your sin, deny every opportunity you have to sin and instead choose to do what Jesus would do. Um, and Jesus was holy. He was perfect. So we have to strive to choose the right thing, to choose the perfect and holy thing instead of choosing the thing that is sinful. And um, I, that's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> I can speak from personal experience. And I'm sure you can all within like two seconds think of a time where you were tempted to sin and you just did it because it was easy. It's easy to sin. Like, it's so much easier to just, like, if... I don't know, like, if someone asks you about something that you know you did, but you don't want people to know you did it, it's so much easier to just lie and say, oh, that wasn't me, that was so-and-so. And then that's, like, it's an easy way out. Like, the blame is shifted to the other person, and then you're off, like, you're in the clear. It's so easy to just sin. It's so easy to just give into that. But God doesn't want us to do that. Like, God calls us to do the right thing, even though it might like cause us harm in the moment because when you're doing the right thing when you admit to what you did and then you end up getting in trouble for it and say you're like oh my gosh I have to burp I just burped excuse me um (laughs) anyways um you have to deny that temptation to sin whether it be lying or anything else even like you have to deny it and I know that sounds like you're like, how do I deny that? Like, how do I just deny sin? Like, it's so much easier said than done. Um, one thing that I like doing is I speak against it. Like, I speak out loud. If I'm, like, in the car or something and I'm having, like, bad thoughts, I'll literally speak out loud. I'll be like, God, these thoughts are not from you. I don't want them. Like, take them from me. When God hears us say that, he willingly takes those thoughts from you. And I'm not saying you're never going to think, like, say you, okay, I'm going to give a really extreme example um, from my life. So I had a time where I struggled with self-harm and I struggled with very, very low self-esteem. And I would have these thoughts of like how worthless I was. And I would have thoughts of just how much better everyone else was than me and how I just like wasn't worth, like nobody... I wasn't worth anyone's time and I was just so like I was just so below everyone else I just didn't 
I wasn't worth anything. And so I just had this time where I believed that. I really believed that for myself. And I would get into these deep, like, very depressive, very despairing, like, episodes where I would just be so down on myself, like, crying and crying and crying. And I would just, like, wallow in these self, self-loathing self thoughts. And ultimately, that's sinful. That is sinful to allow that self-loathing to take over because at the end of the day self-loathing is a form of selfishness because you're not viewing yourself as what you are you are choosing to view yourself as low and as like worthless and all of these things whereas in reality like God created you as a gem like you are a gem and you are beautiful and you are so full of worth But we get into this prideful mindset of like, I suck. I'm not pretty. I'm not nice. I'm not beautiful. I'm not smart. I'm, I weigh too much. I don't weigh enough. I don't look like her. I'm not as pretty as her. I don't like, nobody likes me, whatever. It's all about, like, it's all about me. And so I would get in these like ruts of always just thinking about myself. And I know there's like the opposite end of the spectrum too, where all people think about is themselves but they think they're better than everyone else they think like oh I'm richer than them I'm smarter than them I'm prettier than them I get more boys than them I have more friends than them I'm invited to more parties than them like I am so much better that's another form of pride like thinking that you suck and thinking that you're better than everyone else those are both forms of pride and to allow yourself to constantly be stuck in like a mindset of it's all about me that is giving into your sin temptation and that is allowing your thoughts your sinful thoughts to rule over you but we don't have to let those sinful thoughts rule over us like we do not have to give into that temptation and i know that sounds like impossible for those of you that have low self-esteem i know it sounds impossible and you're probably like it is not just that simple like it's more like i it's it's hard and i understand that because i've been there but and it's not it's not always an instantaneous switch to like speaking against your sin and your temptation and your bad thoughts it's not always instantaneous change like sometimes it is a process sometimes it is instant but sometimes it's not and so i just want you i like want to make it clear that when you speak against your sin like god hears that and the power of your verbal words is so real Like, if you are struggling with self-loathing thoughts and you decide to speak out loud, God says I'm beautiful. Why am I telling myself I'm not beautiful? God, this is an emotional reaction. I pray that you take this from me. Lord, take this weight off my shoulders. And it might only take the weight off for five seconds. And you might have to pray it again five seconds later. Or it might only be gone for an hour. And you might have to pray it again an hour later. But... God wants us to get into the habit of denying our sin and pray, like choosing to seek after God instead of seeking after sin. So to deny yourself, you have to speak against your sin. Like I just said a minute ago, like the power of your words is so real. 
And so when I'm struggling with sin or when I'm struggling with letting my emotions control me or when I'm struggling with lying or when I'm struggling with like beating myself up because I don't think I did something right, like, or perfectionism or like, I feel like I failed. I speak against it. I'm like, God, this is sinful. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please take this from me. Please take this weight from me. And he will because he's a good God and he wants to help us when we ask for it. Like Matthew 7 says, ask and it will be given. And that means as long as it aligns with God's will, he will do it. He will give you what you ask. And if you ask for God to take away your sin and to give you peace, that aligns with his will because he wants us to admit our sin and he wants us to turn to him. So if we're turning to him, he will listen to you. I promise. All you have to do is choose to fight away, fight off that temptation to sin. Okay, so that long-winded rant is over. I'm going to move on. Um, The next part of the verse says, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So I know that probably the majority of you, if not all of you, know that Jesus died on the cross. So I'm sure that you're assuming this is a reference to the cross that Jesus died on. It is. So the words take up his cross and follow me, where it says, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This means that it's time for you to embrace God's will for your life. It's time to take up your cross and decide to figure out God's will for you and walk in the way that God wants you to walk instead of walking in the way the world wants you to walk. Um, But obviously, we don't know all of God's will for our lives. So this is where we have to have a little bit of discernment um, how do you know God's will? There are two. So I read in a book somewhere. I don't remember what book it was, but if I remember, I will say it. I just don't remember at this moment. Oh, um, for the girls here, it's called the well-watered woman, um, by Gretchen something. And she talks about God's moral will versus God's secret will. Um, and so God's will for our lives means God knows exactly what's going to happen in our lives. Like say we're in a boat in a river and we can't see in front of us and we can't see behind us. We can only see where we're at right in the boat. That's us in like living in time right now. Like we are living our lives one moment at a time. We can only see this exact moment we're in. We can't see the future. We can think back on the past, but not like 100% clearly just because we've lived for years and years and years. So we can recall some things clearly, some things not. We can't see the future. We can only clearly see what is going on right now. God is on a mountain outside of the river. He's on top of the mountain and he can see the whole river that represents our life. He is outside of time. So he can see what happens in the past, what happens right now, and what happens in the future all at once. He can see all of it. And he he plays a part in all of it. Like God is in control of our whole life. And so, shoot, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So like God knows exactly what each point of your life is going to be. He has a very intricate plan. Like he planned, he molded that river to go in the exact way that it's meant to go, flowing in the exact way it's meant to go with the obstacles that it has, the thin areas, the thick areas, like God molded that river exactly for your life. And he is outside of time. So he sees every single moment that you live 
and he can see it all happening in one fluid motion. And that's because God is a beautiful God that doesn't exist in our timeline. He is outside of it. I know I've said that like four times, but sorry for repeating. But what I was going to say is that plan that God has for us, that very intricately molded plan he has, we can't mess that up with whatever we do. That's God's secret plan or God's secret will. We don't know what God's plan is for our lives in the future. Like we don't know what our, like we don't know the ways we're going to serve him. We don't know what our job is going to be. We don't know how many kids we're going to have. We don't know who we're going to marry. We don't know where we're going to live. We don't know when we're going to die. Like we don't know that stuff. God knows because God planned that all out. He knows the big decisions we're going to make and he knows what we're going to choose. That's God's secret will. And so to embrace God's will for your life, I don't mean like go and figure out God's secret will because we can't, we're human and we we can't figure that out. But there's also God's moral will and that's what we do know. And we know that by reading the Bible because the Bible is, it's a beautiful book and it instructs us on how to live. It's a story and it's also a guideline of the way that we should live while we're on earth to best glorify God. Um, God's moral will, sorry, I just burped again, excuse me. Um, God's moral will talks about like the fruits of the spirit, for example. Like when we spend time in prayer every day, when we are really chasing after God, when we're in the word, when we're striving to be more like God, we get to know his character more and we get closer to God. He gets closer to us and we therefore display fruits of the spirit. Um, I think it's Galatians 5. I might be wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Galatians 5. Says like the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Um, I don't know if I'm missing any. But those are like qualities that you begin to exhibit the more you chase after God. And the more you try to be like God. And the more you spend time in Christian community. All of those things. Like that is God's moral will for our lives. And if in every decision we're making, we are asking ourselves, is this decision glorifying God? If ev- if the answer is yes, do it. Like following God's will for our life, we're never going to know his secret will, but we do know his moral will. And his moral will is for us to do things that honor and glorify him. And most times doing things that glorify God involves sacrificing what we want. So... That leads me into verse 25, which says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So that kind of sounds confusing. It says whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, I know that sounds confusing, but it's talking about two different kinds of lives. Um, Let me say it this way. For whoever would save his life on earth will lose his life for eternity. But whoever loses his life on earth for my sake will find his life for eternity. There's two different kinds of lives that Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about earth life versus eternal life. And this is where you have to ask yourself, what's more valuable? Is my earth life more valuable or is my eternal life more valuable? If you think your earth life is more valuable, you're going to live a pretty great 80 years or so. Like, if you want to, like, chase after being rich and, like, 
I don't even know. Rich is just the first thing that came to my mind. But if you want to chase after whatever you want in the world, go for it. If you want to go drink and you want to go shop and you want to go make a bunch of money and you want to go like live in a mansion and have as many boyfriends and I don't I don't even know. I literally don't even know. I I probably sound so stupid right now. I just can't think of examples. Um but like if you want to chase after your sinful desires and your personal desires instead of chasing after God, go for it. If you want to make your earth life great, go for it. Like you can try all you want, but you can't have what you want in your earth life and eternal life. You have to choose one. And earth life, 80 or so years, compared to eternal life, which is an infinite amount of time, it shouldn't even be a question to us. Like, I want eternal life. Uh, If my earth life sucks, so be it. At least I get to spend eternity in heaven with the God who created me and the God who is like a God of joy and a God of peace and a God of comfort. Like I want eternity with that God. If I, if that means I have to suffer on earth for 80 years and be made fun of for being a Christian, so be it. Like I, it's hard, but I'm willing to sacrifice it. And I hope that makes sense. It says whoever would save his life will lose it. So if you want to save your earthly life, and you want to chase after whatever you want, and you want to give into those sin because it's easier, go for it. But that means that you're sacrificing your eternity. And that means you're going to spend eternity in a place that is not heaven. Um, and we could talk about a, on a whole nother episode about hell. Um, that could be, Jordan, if you're listening, hey, Jordan, I miss you. Um, this could be a whole nother episode on hell. Um, so we can chat about that, Jordan. But anyways, um, But the end of this verse says, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever loses his life, that means if you are willing to give up everything you want in life for Jesus, you will find eternity in heaven. And that is such a high goal and I, anyone can achieve it, but you can only achieve it if you choose God. And if you ask God to be in your life. So this is where you ask yourself, what's more valuable, earth life or eternal life? And I hope that you're all choosing eternal life because I promise you it will be more rewarding than anything you can have on this earth. So um, I'm already at 30 minutes. I really, I, I did a poll a couple weeks ago and a lot of you said that you preferred shorter episodes in comparison to longer episodes. So I am going to wrap it up, but I just want to talk about a couple like practical steps because at the end of the day, I can say all this stuff about denying yourself and you can be like, yeah, I love it. But then it's like, okay, well, what do I do if I get in a situation and I'm tempted to sin and then I give into it and I don't deny myself? Like, does that mean I'm going to hell? No, it doesn't. If you actively choose over and over and over again, I'm going to follow myself instead of following God. That's a different story. But if you mess up, so be it. Like, God is gracious and God forgives us. Praise Jesus for that. I have to burp again. Excuse me. (laughs) Anyways, so how do I deny myself? When you want to sin, which is going to be many times a day, every single day, You have to train yourself to turn to Jesus. You have to train yourself to think about God over your sin. 
Um, you can do this through pursuing a relationship with Jesus, which means spending time in prayer, which is like a conversation with God. Um, spending time in scripture, like learning more about the Bible and learning more about your beliefs, learning more about God's character, learning more about stories from the Bible and how they apply to us. Um, spending more time in worship. And there are very practical ways to apply that. Like maybe you should trade the rap or the, I don't even know what music people listen to because I listen to Noah Khan and worship. And sometimes I need to trade Noah Khan for worship, honestly, because man has a potty mouth in some of his songs, but he's so good. Um, not the, not the cuss words, the music. He's so talented. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, spend time in worship. And if that looks like spending time in worship while you're driving, like make a worship playlist. I'll post my worship playlist that I have on the Instagram story. And if you guys want to download that playlist on Spotify, it is such a good playlist and it's got all my favorite worship jams. Um, but yeah, spending more time in worship, um, which also means you could go to church every Sunday morning and find a church where you enjoy the worship and you find yourself getting knee deep into scripture and you're learning, like find a church and be involved in that church. And maybe pursuing a relationship with Jesus looks like getting accountability partners, like have a mentor, like find a mentor who can teach you more about the Bible and who can be praying for you and who can be um, asking you about your life and keeping you accountable and making sure that you're not falling into the same sins over and over again. These are all ways like prayer, scripture, worship, accountability partners. These are all ways that you can be choosing, like basically training yourself to turn to Jesus instead of continually turning to your sin. And you have to also evaluate the areas of your life. What areas of my life are life-giving and what areas are life-taking? Like, the areas that are life-taking should be things that you should be taking a step back from. If they're causing you to not be able to deny yourself and they're giving you more temptation to sin, maybe it's time to drop those friends or maybe it's time to quit that job. Maybe it's time to, I, I don't even know, break up with that person. Maybe it's time to find some new friends. Like, maybe it's time to stop watching that TV show. Whatever it is for you, you have to evaluate what areas of your life are making it harder to step away from sin. Um, and the areas that are life-giving, on the other hand, are the areas you should really be pursuing. Who are those people that fill your cup? Who are those people that guide you back to the Bible? Who are those people that are always willing to pray for you and are always willing to be there for you? Um... What are those scenarios that make you feel so much better and so much closer to God? Like, those areas of your life are the areas that you should be um, seeking after more. And, like, in my life, in order to deny myself, I had to, I had to, like, stop talking to a lot of people that I was really close with. And I still care about them today, like, a lot. I still care about them so much. And if they were to reach out and need help or need prayer or need a friend or need someone to talk to, I would be there in a heartbeat. But there are also people that were not leading me towards Christ. And so I had to kind of remove myself from that friend group and decide that for my health with Jesus, I had to remove myself from them because they weren't, they were causing me to fall away from my faith. And so it was really hard and by no means did I want to take a step back from those friends because I still had a good time with them, but I 
was choo- in that action, I was choosing Jesus over what I wanted. And same goes for like work. Like I had to quit a job that was not giving me life at all. It was not guiding me towards Christ. It was causing me to be angry. It was causing me to be bitter. It was causing me to be prideful. It was causing me to gossip. And I was not surrounded by people that were guiding me back toward Christ. So I quit that job and I got a new job. And like, I mean, another shout out to Shada Bloom. I love Shada Bloom. And the people there are just great people. Um, and so I can't stress enough that like your job is a big part of it. Cause you spend a lot of time at work, at least people that are my age, people that have a job. Um, or I don't even know. It could even be your church. Like if you have to switch churches, like is the church causing you bitterness? Is the church causing you to not want to learn about God? Is the church causing you to not want to worship? Like what is your church environment like? Like maybe you need to switch churches Or maybe you need to break up with that person. Like, is that significant other protecting your purity? Is that significant other chasing after God like you are? Is that significant other putting your needs first? Like, is that significant other guiding you back to God? If yes, then that is a life-giving area of your life and you should press into it. If it's not, if he or she is not someone that's guiding you back to Christ and is not protecting you in that way, maybe you should think about a breakup. Like, these are all areas of your life that you need to think about practically. Like, how can I be honoring God by denying the things that I want, but aren't life-giving? So, bottom line of all of that is you have to evaluate where you need to deny yourself. Like, the areas of your life that are sinful, you've got to deny them. So... Yeah, I don't really know how to close that out, but um, that's pretty much, I felt like I was just like preaching to you guys and sorry about that. I literally, (laughs) that was crazy. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, If anyone ever needs to talk or needs like, or has like ideas for the podcast or there's something that you want to hear about or there's something that you have a question about. Or if any of you are at OU and want to grab coffee, um, I would love to. And I'm sure Jordan would as well. And yeah, I hope you guys had an amazing holiday break. I hope that each and every one of you has something to thank God for today. And I hope to talk to you guys soon, which I definitely will next week. Um, We're going back to school this week, but I'm actually missing class because I'm going to Kentucky in two days, um, actually less, less than two days, less than 48 hours. I'm going to Kentucky with some of my close friends and we're going to this thing called CrossCon, which is going to be so exciting. Um, it's like a missionary, it's like a missions conference, um, like mission trip, missionary work. Um, and so it's going to be talking a lot about like evangelism and missionary work and I'm really excited and there's going to be like worship and yeah, it's going to be such a fun time and I'm really, really excited. So yeah, that is pretty much all I have for you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope you guys all had a great holiday and yeah, peace out.